0: Listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Schwert and Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Hey, give me one second here before we start the show. Uh, I need to check my. You had all day. No. You
1: all day to look at whatever you're looking
0: at. Dramatic effect. I wanted to do this at the start of the show. I'm going to check my dog... Doge? Doge. I'm checking my Doge you're coin early. How do you Earnings. not even know what you're investing in? You don't what? even know how to pronounce Hold it? Hold on. Let me check this really quick, and then we can start the show. Oh, I'm rich. Still rich. You're rich. Richer?
1: Richer What's than I was yesterday. rich?
0: Okay. A okay. million? How about this? Let's see how dumb you feel after I tell you this. Um, since I made my crypto, since I embarked into this crypto journey, mm-hmm. I am up. 37.5%. What's that do for you? Does so you're up good? what, like $2? You don't know how much I invested. I don't,
1: but you told me that it was what, $0.11 cents a share?
0: Yeah, percentages. So you're up what, like $2? $5?
1: Way more than that.
0: Oh, okay. Ten Way more. Yeah. Way more. Keep Congrats, going. You go
1: buy yourself a movie ticket. Keep
0: going. How much money have you made in the last two days? Mm. I actually have investment on stocks. Like what?
1: I don't remember which ones. I just have a Charles Like oh, Schwab Netflix.
0: Account. Let them handle it. Yeah, see, that's that's actually that's how you go broke, is letting somebody else do <laughs> oh, it. Oh, okay.
1: I think the Whatever. last thing I want to do is take advice from the guy who has his money tied up in Dogecoin.
0: Okay, yeah, last I checked, uh, this was America, where you get stuff done by rolling up your sleeves and getting your hands dirty. And typing on the you keyboard don't, yourself. Yeah, you're so cool for handing your money to some empty suit who sits in an office doesn't even care about you doesn't know anything about you he's all he's all he sees when you walk in the office is dollar signs I'm gonna make money off of him not for him off of him
1: how do you, you make he money? see
0: he sees you walking in fresh wow. meat he fresh meat he said I am gonna take this guy for everything he's worth me mm-hmm. I don't have to I don't have to I don't answer to anybody else I'm the one pulling the strings here I'm calling the shots this is gonna come crashing down I hope you know this I have a buddy who's uh, who's an accountant, and he is, all day, has been begging me to pull my money out of this. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Begging me. Why? Because he thinks I'm going to go broke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like, listen, it's not, I'm not going to live or die off of this investment. This is kind of like, this is the equivalent of me going to Hollywood Casino and, and putting some money on the slots. Mm-hmm. If I win fantastic. I'm there for entertainment. It's a game for you. Yeah, I'm there for entertainment. I'm not there to like turn a profit. Turning a profit would be a really nice added bonus, though. And that's what you tell stories about. What happens when you go and hit the jackpot on a slot machine? You tell everybody, but you don't tell them about all the times you go to the casino and lose your ass, right? You only tell them about the big wins, because those stories are always exciting. But he's been telling... The irony is, my buddy here has been telling me to get into cryptos for months, months and months and months. It's
1: like, just not that
0: one. Yeah. Well, I told you the story of how I got into Bitcoin. No,
1: I didn't years know you ago. into Bitcoin as years well. Years ago.
0: So I, th- I, th- I think I told this story on the air, is years ago, the site that I was gambling on before Bitcoin was super mainstream, you could only use it for like black market stuff. So I would use it for this offshore gambling site because when you put in when you try to put cash in like US dollars there's this like massive transaction fee but if you put in Bitcoin no transaction fee so I learned how to buy Bitcoin again this is years ago well before I don't mean I don't know how much it's trading at now but like 67 thousand dollars something absurd and I bought I don't know a hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin 150 dollars worth of Bitcoin and immediately used it to with to deposit into this gambling account and then when I withdrew, I withdrew in Bitcoin again because once again, no transaction fee. And uh, somebody sent me a website that's called, it was just called, like, what can, what what could you have bought or dumb bleep that you bought instead of Bitcoin, something like that. And the amount of Bitcoin that I had, which I never intended on keeping, remember, like this was not an investment. This was purely means for me to gamble, for me to lose money. <laughs> The, uh, the exact opposite of what most people are using this for. Three years ago, the amount of Bitcoin I had would be worth, like, seven times what it was. Which is depressing, for sure. And, uh, you know, now it seems like, you know, and if it was worth seven times what it was then, then uh, it would still be amassing money. You know what I mean? It would still be climbing upwards, and I would just be... I wouldn't be here talking to you. That's what this. I'd be is. drinking a pina colada in Barbados. You are like the
1: divorced guy who then tries to make up for all the lost time that he had. Yeah. You're trying to make up for your losses with Dogecoin, yeah. which is an interesting choice.
0: <laughs> well, because I'm, it's like a new, it's a new opportunity for me to get in on the ground floor, and uh, I'm excited for it. And so, so far, it's paying off. And what? I mean, as far as I know, based on personal experience, stocks go nowhere but up. So excited to see where I'm at, you know, in a couple days, a couple weeks, a couple months. Uh, well, they're going to talk to Scott Chasen of 24-7 Sports coming up later this hour. Somebody just tweeted at us, uh, can you guys discuss why Bill Self acknowledges the fact that he's been destroyed three to four years in a row by teams that rain three, but he's still <laughs> bringing guys like Cuff and Pettiford who can't shoot at all? Can we discuss that? Let's discuss it. Kyle Cuff. I don't a, like that. A 6'2 shooting guard. I think
1: uh, it should, he should go by Cuffy.
0: Okay, well, that's not your decision to make. I Kyle know, but... Cuff uh, is the, well, I guess I should say was, the 84th ranked player in the class of 2022. According to 24-7 Sports, he committed to Kansas uh, a while ago, back in December. But today, he has reclassified to the class of 2021 and signed his letter of intent. So Kyle Cuff was not going to be in total next year. He is the newest addition for this coming year's team. So all of a sudden, guy who is a high school junior set to graduate early and going to join KU for next year. So KU just added another piece to their recruiting class. Now it's not a blue chip recruit, but it's another guard. And I would think that while it may not end up being a one-for-one swap, this is the guy who takes the spot that Bryce Thompson just left. Yes. I mean, I, I don't know how much he'll play, but certainly— How just, much did Bryce
1: play? 17 minutes a game? Right, and- but I mean, even that, your kid who reclassified it was already kind of jumbled up. I don't know. Maybe right now, but who knows? If they go out and get another grad transfer, they get another guard. I don't know how much he's going to play. And that's how, almost how I view this. Like, it's kind of sad. It's just kind of where we are. It's is like, it sad? Well, no, for what I'm going to say, it's almost like to me, oh, you just brought a kid in a year early so he can enter the transfer portal a year before he would have originally. Man, that is sad. Well, and I don't know. Maybe he'll end up being like a really good player and he'll crack the rotation right away, but it just feels like you just lost five players this year. It's like, okay, well, if I'm not going to end up being a starter or I'm not going to end up playing 20, 25 minutes a game, I'm just going to peace.
0: So there's two ways. To look at it, and I don't think, I think both of them would probably concur with what you're sort of alleging here. KU had five guys who entered the transfer portal. But another way of looking at it is that there were five guys on KU's roster who didn't play a huge role last year and weren't guaranteed to play a huge role next year either. And they all left. The only guy really left over from the bench who's sticking around, well, I guess there's two. Dewan Harris, who has a good chance, at least as of now, of being your starting point guard because Marcus Garrett, graduating, I know there's people sort of, um, especially in recent days, wondering if maybe because this guy hasn't made a decision that he might come back. I, I don't think that's going to happen. So Dewan Harris could very well be your starting point guard. There's a reason why he wouldn't leave. Mitch Lightfoot, I mean, has been here for five years. So he could end up going if he decides that he wants to play, but I also think Mitch Lightfoot loves being a Jayhawk. You know? Those are the two guys who didn't play massive roles on last year's team who are still around, and there's very easy explanations as to why they're still here. Which to me begs the question, what, what is player development going to mean if we are entering this new era of free agency in college basketball? which it's not going to be the one. Like, Bryce Thompson's not going to transfer next year from whichever school he ends up with if it doesn't work out there because then at that point he did, he would have to sit out. It's a one-time transfer rule. But the idea of coming and sitting and developing may be a thing of the past in this new era of college basketball. So if I look at a guy like Kyle Cuff, who is, again, the 84th ranked player in the class of 2022. I don't know where he'll be not once he officially reclassifies and where these recruiting services will have him then. But if you're ranked 84th, there's a pretty good chance you're not going to play a huge role in year one. Which if you're not going to play a huge role in year one, fairly or unfairly, you are going to be tagged with the label of developmental player, project. Not going to play right away, but can be somebody who can play a big role a year or two or three down the line. To your point, is that the case anymore? Or is it as simple as, I'm either going to play this year and then walk right into the role that I want in year two, or I'm going to leave after one year because I'm not interested in being developed. I would rather be developed on the fly. I would rather be developed while I'm playing as opposed to being developed on the bench. We've seen that work out very well for a lot of guys, especially at Kansas. I think those dudes are going to be fewer and far between. Mm -hmm.
1: And you can point to some of the, you know, lower end recruits and like, okay, sure. Ochai, Baji, Christian Brown, like those were guys who did play uh, sizable enough roles as a freshman, like not necessarily 35 plus minutes, but maybe 20, 25 minutes a game where, yes, like you said, then you look at the next year and you say, oh, they're going to take an even bigger step. Maybe that'll be the case with Cuff. Maybe that'll be the case with Pettiford. He's kind of in that same group, a guy ranked um, in the 80s. I I think when you look back, even to guys like Frank Mason or Devontae Graham, you might say, well, those were like whatever borderline three, four-star recruits that were committed to, you know, Towson and Appalachian State. They stuck around, and that was only three, four, five years ago. But guess what? Frank Mason was still playing, what, 15 minutes a game as a freshman? And the dear Tharp left that off season. I forget what happened. If
0: well, would. I think it was well. There was a couple. Well, things. I know First what off, happened. The I picture. Didn't, yeah, no.
1: I mean, like, didn't he like try to go to uh, the G League or something? I, I don't remember what happened there. Um, but anyway, basically, it was right away. Like Frank Mason went from 15 minutes a game, where he had an okay role as a freshman, knowing he was going to be the starter the next year, or at least compete for starter minutes. Devonte Graham, freshman year, yes, he's under recruited. He still played 15, 20 minutes a game for them. And then the next year it was like, no, we know this guy's going to be like in our starting backcourt with Frank Mason. So if that's the case for Pettiford or Cuff, they come in this year and you play 12, 15, 20 minutes a game, and then it looks like you can be kind of that starter the next year, then yes, you stick around. But if it's a situation, Tristan and Aruna, I, I think it's kind of surprising to look back and go, Tristan and Aruna played 10 minutes a game. You know, it feels like it was even less than that. It feels like it was like five. But Tristan and Aruna had no avenue for increased playing time. I guess Jalen Wilson could go pro, but they're still bringing in a lot of big men, a lot of guys who can play the four position. They have a lot of wings. And if Jalen Wilson comes back, which a lot of people are expecting him to, then where are you going to get more minutes? And it's just that simple.
0: Yeah, and I don't blame the kids for doing it. First off, it's the fair thing to do. They were one of five athletic programs in Division One basketball who weren't allowed the freedom of movement to do this this one-time transfer. Why? Because they make money. So it's fair... But it also is reasonable. Mm-hmm. If I'm Bryce Thompson, even if my dad has this great relationship with Bill Self, if I sit there on the bench and don't play as much as I want to, and you know, you're know, you also dealing with the complications of COVID, like it's not a normal freshman year. Bryce Thompson, even if you think that, oh, well, what happened to competing for your spot? Let's remember, Bryce Thompson didn't just complete a normal freshman year. Like Even the guys who came before him who were in similar situations on the court, we're not in similar situations with what he dealt with off the court, which probably complicates his thing. So even if you want to look at a guy like that and say, whatever happened to, to competing, if I now have the option where somebody else is saying, you can come here and play 30 minutes a game. So all the developmental stuff that you want to do, we can take care of that and we're going to get you out on the court. Mm-hmm. How is that a tough decision to make? So like, I'm, I'm trying to think of good
1: examples of players who maybe in today's age aren't sticking around by the time they get to their point where they're playing under Kansas. And who knows? I, I don't know the mentality of these guys, but based on the way things going, like Landon Lucas, Yeah. do you think Landon Lucas sticks around by the time he's a junior and has kind of his breakout with KU? Probably Probably not. gone, right?
0: Probably not. I mean, even a guy like Brandon Green. Yeah. What do you mean, yeah? Well, I mean, that—
1: he didn't make it through his four years. He never had like a breakout. So it's not like, you know, what are we talking about here?
0: Yeah, but you could tell right away that oh, this guy's a knockdown shooter. Yeah, there are other teams he would could have went to and played twenty five minutes a game from the get go. I mean, there's there's countless at Kansas, especially in like, in that in that right after the the national championship, like but that four or five year span where that the talent was just unbelievable and the teams were loaded. Jeff Withey's not sticking around. Jeff Withey's never probably transferring here to begin with. Do the Morse twins go after their first year? Maybe. Maybe Yeah, they probably would go together. Like, Marcus was playing more than Markeith, but yeah. Like, I think the idea of developmental players are going to become more of a thing of the past, but the question that I'm really curious about is, What about player development? Like, that's not going to just completely be eliminated, but I think the philosophy that coaches employ in terms of, all right, what are we going to do in terms of all these guys and player development? How do we handle them through the season? How do we handle them through the offseason? What's our long-term plan? And what are we proposing to them? Like, what are we pitching to them on recruiting visits? All of that has to be adjusted knowing that these kids have more options now. Therefore, you can't keep selling them The same thing you were trying to sell kids five years ago or a decade ago. We'll talk more about that with Scott Chasen of 24-7 Sports when he joins us coming up here in about 20 minutes or so. This segment brought to you by CycleZone Power Sports. You might have noticed something strange outside. There's a little more green in the yard. That grass needs a trim, and soon, CycleZone Power Sports in North Topeka has a brand of riding mowers made right here in the U.S. of A. They're bad boy mowers made a few hours from here in the Ozarks. They're zero-turn mowers, so they drive like a speedy little tank, and they're engineered to be strong, long-lasting, and easy to maintain. Turn a chore into something you love. Mow with an attitude with a new bad boy mower from Zone Power Sports. I'm Nick Shorty's Derek Johnson. This is Rock Jock Sports Talk. This episode is brought to you by Tommy's Express Car Wash. Join the Tommy Club. You can download the Tommy Club app and enjoy endless washing for one low price, Derek. That means unlimited car washes, unlimited clean, shiny, and dry, unlimited use of exclusive app lane, which, by the way, I've taken advantage of. It's kind of like the the express lane on the highway you don't necessarily like to lord over everybody else but when you're zooming through and getting in to get your car washed first like that's why it's called Tommy's Express right You get unlimited access to all their locations unlimited guest service and perhaps most importantly, unlimited happiness Derek and I think that's something that we just don't emphasize nearly enough in life. I'm looking at your car right now. I'm thinking, it could maybe use a trip to Tommy's Express. What do you got going on later? Thinking maybe you should stop there on your way home. You going to at least consider it? I
1: will absolutely be going to Tommy's Express car wash.
0: Now the, the outside of your car, the exterior, it does look okay. Where my concern begins is the interior of your car.
1: Yeah. When you have I, a, I don't a think dog. I don't
0: think the inside of that car has seen a deep cleaning in quite some time.
1: No, when you have a dog, when you have a Golden Retriever, you got hair everywhere. And they have those vacuums that... You know, it's going to get out for you. So, yeah, I'm definitely making an appointment. Tommy's Express Car Wash. What
0: I love about the the vacuums at Tommy's Express, the cord comes down from the top, so you're not having to try and wrap it around your car and getting yourself into a pretzel. No, very flexible vacuums. You want to go to the left side of the car, the right side of your car, you're perfectly good. Tommy's Express Car Wash. Wash, rinse, repeat. So I would guess that if the... If the season started today, season openers tomorrow, which is absurd because KU still has scholarships to give out, and I would assume they're going to use them. But based off the roster that they have, and I'm going to make some assumptions here, so I'm kind of actually talking out of both sides of my mouth. I'm going to assume Ochi and Jalen are both back. I'm going to assume that Marcus Garrett doesn't use his extra year of eligibility. I would guess that the starting lineup for next season would be No, with Bryce gone, I would change it. Because I would have had Bryce in over Christian Brown. I would have. But that's not happening now. So I guess... I mean, the guys competing for the point guard spot, Dewan Harris and Bobby Pettiford, I would think. Unless you're going to plan on playing two combo guards. But based off the season you just had, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Bill Self wants a true point out there, which would lend itself to Dewan Harris. So Dewan Harris, yes, if it's a small backcourt, but... I mean, yes, if who's going to play? Yes, if who's going to start? Then Christian? No. I still got Christian on the bench. Ochai, Jalen, and Dave. And I guess if you wanted to put in Christian for DeWan, you could. But it all comes down to, like, do you think that KU will go into next season with not having, like, a true facilitator or point guard? Will they... Opt for more scoring, or do you think that 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 Bill will want like that that floor general out there? Which, if that's the case, then it would lend itself to a guy like DeWan.
1: I'm kind of thinking DeWan's out there with Yesufu, um, and then yeah, I guess you go Ochai and the other two, and then you can ha- kind of have a bunch of shooters off the bench. And the way I view Pettiford and Cuff, both kind of are in that Frank Mason, Devonte Graham, um. Kind of role as freshmen. Like I said, they both played around. I think Frank was closer to 15. Devontae was closer to 20 minutes per game as a freshman, where Frank was coming off the bench. I can't remember. I think Devontae was too. And they ended up playing well enough in those minutes. Like it wasn't, you didn't look at the stat page. Wow. Like how are they not playing more? But it was enough for you to see that, like, yeah, these guys are quality backups and like they can take a step forward next year into a bigger role. That's kind of how I view Pettiford and Cuff.
0: Yeah, probably so. I mean, unless one of them was just, like, way under-recruited or under Which does
1: happen on occasion. Um, you can't count on it, but certainly, like, I don't know, like, Taylor Horton Tucker ended up being, like, a first-round pick. He was not even in, like, the top 50.
0: Usually it's guys, yeah, usually it's those fringe guys yeah. who are, like, maybe
1: top and we They to go the other way. Like,
0: Hunter that Mikkelson. was Tristan and Aruna. Hun- not know? Hunter Mickelson. Hunter Dickinson, Dickinson from yeah. Michigan this year. I mean, you could even
1: make the argument Jalen Wilson was in that camp. I know he had another year in college, but he didn't ever play. It's not like he gained valuable game experience by sitting out yeah. with a broken ankle or whatever.
0: So, I mean, the starting lineup, I think, is probably going to be a lot of familiar faces with maybe like one new guy. I guess if who I think is going to start. You know what I wonder too is if superclasses are going to become a thing of the past. If teams loading up and getting for the top And when I say teams, we're basically talking about two programs who have done it at any level of consistency, and it's Duke and Kentucky. Are the days of them getting four top 20 players or five top 40 players done? Because anymore, it's... Why would I go there and sit if I can go somewhere else and play? And even if you do get those guys, if they don't play right away, they're just going to leave after a year. Like, the idea that they're going to come back next year... I don't think that's going to happen. But hasn't that already been happening to Kentucky? Yeah, it, a little bit. A little like, bit. Remember,
1: Kyle Wilcher goes on to Gonzaga and has like a great career. Well,
0: well, yeah, when you get seven guys. Johnny Juzang, yeah. But look, let's look at the just the top 20 this year. So Duke still got like two of the top seven players. They got the number three guy and the number seven guy. Paolo. They got uh, the guy who's ranked 20th. So they've still got three of the top 20, but it's also a Duke team that sucked last year. So, who were you worried about not being able to to steal a starting job from? Probably no one. I mean, Matthew Hurt's gone. Uh, well, who's the other guard that already declared? Yeah, the point guard. I, I can never remember. Doesn't the name, matter. Yeah. The guys who are returning, they had three freshman guards. If you're coming in, I'm saying, you're saying, I saw them play. I'm, I'm playing over them. Kentucky has, right now, their top recruit is the 11th ranked player in the country, which... I almost say that as like a slight. But when it's Kentucky, that does feel like it's a bit down from what you're used to. They've got the 11th ranked kid in the country. They've got the 27th ranked kid in the country in the 31st. That is not Kentucky getting two of the top five guys. But maybe this goes right to your point.
1: Because you know what Kentucky did this offseason? I guess they didn't do one of them this offseason. They got Oscar Sheewey who is a transfer, going to be able to play this year. And, you know, Oscar Sheeboe, not a freshman recruit, might not be a one-and-done, might be there two years, I don't know.
0: But he probably was one of the top five players available. If you were to put him in this 2021 recruiting class, he'd be a top five player. Yeah. And 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 uh, that's the other thing, dude. They got that kid from Davidson, too. That's how superclasses are going to look now. Yeah. Is you can get superclasses not by going out and getting a bunch of five-star recruits who you're not sure how good they're going to be, you go out and do it by getting proven commodities who have already shown you they can play at that level. Is it almost a
1: matter of time? Because I know 24-7 sports, they have like the actual transfer portal and it shows what their uh, grade was in high school. And I know different publications occasionally will release, like, here's the top 50 available transfers. Here's the top whatever grad transfers and other transfers. Is it only a matter of time before that gets expanded to where we have like a full-on recruiting service just for... Actual transfers as well, where it's like this transfer is a five-star transfer, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, we're seeing—you saw—you've referenced it several times. The athletic basically that's not like—I'm saying like rankings to the—like grades like
1: we do with the high school kids. And then that gets applied to the recruiting classes because it is becoming, like you said, like it is—it's like a 50-50 split of if you're going to bring in a transfer or— an incoming freshman.
0: Like, Joseph Yesifu was not even, I don't know, he doesn't even show up on the 24-7 database from when he was in high school. Like, you can go look at him as a part of the class, but it but doesn't he have any ranking. might be a four-star transfer. That's exactly yeah. it. How many guys do you think in this class would be capable of doing what he did at the end of the season for Drake, where he averages almost 24 points over a nine-game span at high efficiency, high volume, high efficiency? How many guys could do that? He's probably a top 40 player in this class, maybe higher. Should we? Keep this idea ourselves. It's too late. This is live. This is going (laughs) live over the radio. But that to me, for coaching, if this is going to become an avenue that you can pursue, for a lot of coaches, this is almost more advantageous. I mean, specifically for Kansas, where you weren't putting together this incredible recruiting class. So you kind of had to go one way or another. You had to get creative with it or there wasn't going to be this massive roster shakeup that Bill Self alluded to after the loss to USC. Like, the transfer portal was the only way to do it. So there's there's instances like that where it's your only option, but I also think for even the, the, the schools who aren't suffering right now, like even Kentucky and Duke on the recruiting trail who aren't suffering, and maybe Duke won't do it as much because I haven't seen them really link to any of these transfers, so maybe they're just not exploring it. But for Kentucky... Like, okay, they can go call Ty Ty Washington two weeks after KU does and immediately skyrockets up his list. But they can also go after every single transfer they want. Like Marcus Carr, the point guard from Minnesota, is a guy who they're heavily linked to as well. Marcus Carr is probably a top 10 recruit in this class, if not higher, even if you only get him for one year. You're only getting most of these top 10 guys for one year anyway. Just in terms of their college impact. yeah, Yeah, and who would you bet on being a more impactful player? A guy who's done it for four years or a guy who is 18 who you just saw dominate high school competition? The answer is simple. So everybody is viewing this as advantageous. So you're going to lose some, but the halves are going to remain halves. Like Kansas, Kentucky, Duke. Yeah, they're going to get hit harder by guys who want to leave, but they're also going to be in on more of these top transfers than anybody else in the country. We're going to talk more about it with Scott Chasen of 24-7 Sports. He joins us coming up next. Usually the you know week, couple weeks, month after a season ends is sort of the dead period. It's kind of the time where I feel like I'm I'm screaming into the void and no one's listening to me because most KU fans sort of tap out for a little while and focus on other things in their lives. But the, these three weeks or three and a half weeks, however long it's been since the season ended, has been uh, the wildest start to an offseason that I can remember. And I don't think it's specific to KU. I think it's just when you look around with the transfer portal... I think it's up around 1,300 kids who have put their names in and the the massive roster overhauls that we're seeing at programs all across the country is sort of added excitement. Whether people are furious with this new era of college basketball, if you want to call it that, or if it's just sort of interest to see what's going to happen to your team, there's no question that people are are still paying attention to the college basketball season at a time when normally – interest is at a low let's talk about it with scott chasen of 24 7 sports who joins us now on the show scott let's start with uh, the news of today kyle cuff he was in the 2022 class for kansas but he just reclassified why do you think this decision was made let's start there
2: Well, you know, Nick, when I talked to Kyle, uh, I think it was right before his commitment. So I want to say last December, maybe late December. And we talked about specifically reclassification, reclassifying, I guess would be the way to say it, Uh, you know, what he wanted to do, what coaches wanted uh, him to do. And at the time, uh, I wouldn't say he was adamant uh, about staying in the 2022 class, but he seemed to indicate, at least in our phone call, that. Uh, or in a couple of calls, that, you know, that was his maybe preference, certainly at the time, that he thought, you know, hey, I'm in the class of 2022. That's where I'm going to have my best chance to be developed, to contribute. Uh, But that that option was always open uh, for him to move up. Now, his dad played college ball, played overseas. Um, He comes from a a good school. He, you know, should be mature enough to, to maybe handle the transition that, you know, I think a lot of guys, might um, think they were, you know, able to, and then maybe couldn't. But um, you know, I, I get the sense now that it, it, there are spots available. You know, Kansas could have as many. Uh, before his addition is four roster spots available. And that probably won't happen uh, because Jalen Wilson is probably coming back. And, you know, Ochaibaji is probably closer to a coin flip decision, but leaning on the side of him coming back too. So, um, you know, again, I, I think there were spaces. I think there was uncertainty. And then you lose a guy like Bryce Thompson and, you know, I, I could envision Bill Self just saying, you know what, You know, we we got this. Let's go get this guy in here. And if he was on board too, then you know, I think it makes sense for everyone.
0: So when you look at this roster as it currently stands, Scott, you've only got, I believe it is, four guys who were on last year's team. Now you've got a slew of recruits and incoming transfers and the guys you just mentioned who could end up coming back. It was was proposed to me yesterday, and I hadn't really thought about it in these terms, that we are seeing a shift in eras from the one-and-done era to the free agency era of college basketball. Do you think that's an accurate description of what's happening right now in the sport?
2: Yeah. um, You know, I agreed with two comments uh, that I think you you had Kevin Flaherty on either yesterday or the other day, um, you know, also of 24-7 sports. I thought he made two great points that I totally agree with. One, you know, we have to see, um, is this trend going to continue? Because if it's like this every off season, then absolutely. Uh, it, it is a new era. And the, the second one was, you know, a lot of coaches are about to find out um, about John Calipari and how hard it is to blend a new roster together. You know, Bill Self has done it. He's replaced all five starters multiple times and still won the Big 12, I think, three times maybe during that Big 12 uh, streak, if I'm remembering correctly, certainly after Uh, the Ben McLemore year, they replaced all five, the national championship year, they replaced all five. And there might've been another year in there. So, um, you know, Bill Self has done that before, but a lot of programs, a lot of places have not, Um, and they'll be figuring things out uh, on the fly next year. You know, this wasn't really the question you asked, but you know, personally, I kind of hate it. Um, I I think it can be good for players. Um, I don't necessarily think that's the case though. I don't, you know, I think a better thing for players would be guaranteed scholarships, especially if they were guaranteed for four years where they couldn't be run off by coaches. Um, you know, I look at this era and say, yeah, it's great for players who start their career at one place, like, for example, uh, you know, Joseph Yesifu at Drake, and then, you know, he has the chance to go play a big program. Well, that's, that's terrific for him. Um, you know, what about on the flip side, kids who started a bigger program, who then their coach comes to them and says, you know what, I can go get a better kid than you. Um, or the high school kid who, you know, the class of 2022 in both football and basketball, that's going to be a really hard class for high schoolers because there are going to be a lot of guys on rosters, a lot of guys taking up spots who wouldn't necessarily have been there Uh, because of, one, the extra year of eligibility, and two, the number of transfers available. You know, if you think about it this way, any returning senior can return without taking up a scholarship spot. But if that senior transfers, they are now taking up a scholarship spot. So by definition, every single graduate transfer senior who is leaving and transferring this year is just taking a spot of a high school kid. And I'm not saying that's something they shouldn't be doing. But that's what they are doing. If Mitch Lightfoot transferred to Oklahoma, Oklahoma has one less scholarship to give to a high schooler. And so, you know, I, I do think there are some benefits of it. I think it helps teams get really good, especially the really good teams. I think it hurts mid majors, but uh, I think the people it screws over, for you know, lack of a better term, are, are the high school kids who aren't those elite, you know, top one hundred, top two hundred guys, and uh, maybe even the same at college players. So we'll see if it lasts. We'll see if people like it. We'll see. Um, you know, what coaches are good at it. But uh, personally, I'm not convinced it is the best. And also, I think it it probably sucks for fans. Uh, It's probably really hard to have to learn a a brand new roster every year. Um, You know, college, you don't get them the longest time. But certainly you see guys develop and grow in the program. And, you know, there are no freshmen from last year in KU's class who will be back this year. That's pretty crazy to think about.
0: Yeah, and some programs are more used to it, right? Like Kentucky's used to having Kentucky fans are used to having to learn new rosters every single year. And you look at what Kentucky does or has done, you know, year in year out under John Calipari bringing in the number 1 or the number 2 recruiting class almost every single year. And a lot of times it's, you know, they'll bring in four or five guys who are ranked in the top 30 or in the top 40. Do you think those quote-unquote super classes are going to become less common? With this uh, new era of college basketball, so to speak, with more freedom of movement, do you think guys will elect to not want to sit around and and have to wait to play?
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe. Uh, I could certainly see, especially with, you know, guys having that chance to go to the G League or, or, you know, explore different paths, it just makes it harder. You know, there are are legitimately a million reasons why, if you're, you know, every college coach complains about everything anytime any rule changes. But let's be honest here. No one is feeling bad in the slightest for Bill Self, who gets paid $5.4 million per year, that he can go out and take the best player on Drake's basketball team and just say, nope, you're my point guard now, and you don't have to sit out. No one in the nation is feeling bad for that. Now, the flip side is Kansas obviously has lost some kids, including Bryce Thompson. But if you're a college coach – and you're recruiting a kid and you don't know if this kid is going to go pro or not. You know, you don't know if, you, you know, example, Ty Ty Washington, Tai Ty Washington, um, you know, even though he's kind of downplayed it has, you know, it's been reported at least that there are at least some options for him if he wanted to explore that route. Well, that's, you know, that's a headache you don't have to worry about when you just say, you know what, I'm just going to go get uh, Joe Yesus. You know what I mean? Like, there are guys that at the college ranks, performers, more veterans, who you could say, why don't I just go prioritize this guy or this transfer? And, and I do think, you know, places like Kentucky, Duke, whatever, you know, we'll, we'll still prioritize the five-star guys. Kansas to an extent, too, um, even though obviously they haven't landed any other than Bryce Thompson in the last couple of years, you know, they... they there is a, a bit of a history here of landing very, very good college basketball players. But again, at the same time, I go back to the transfer thing and just say, it's one less thing you have to worry about, right? Joseph Yesifu is not is not going to the NBA draft. He, he is staying in Lawrence, and he's probably the equivalent of what you could get as what, like a, I don't know, a top 40-ish player. If maybe you think he's even better than that. Maybe you think he's the value of a you know a five-star recruit. I don't know. It, it really comes down to how you view him. Um, so, you know, just from that perspective, yeah, maybe I could see some of these classes being a little bit, you know, some being cases where, um, schools load up with all these, you know, five-star guys. But I do think there will still be a few programs, um, that, that continue to recruit and build that way just because it's what they've had success doing.
0: What about the actual act of player development? Whereas, in five years ago that that term may have meant something do do you feel like the definition of player development and coaching philosophies on getting a guy like maybe like a Kyle Cuff who you get a fringe top 100 player five years ago there's no expectation that he's going to play right away and you have sort of this built-in expectation that hey if if he can develop and, and and we can mold him the right way then maybe by year two or three he can be a key contributor for this team does that sort of outlook have to change for coaches and programs
2: I mean, how could it not? I mean, literally, think about, you know, just what's taken place at Kansas. And probably the most glaring example is Bryce Thompson, who obviously was, you know, within his rights to leave and seek out a bigger role. Uh, I'm going to read off a player's stats, okay? And this is from uh, a few years back. I I won't tell you who this player is until I make my point. Uh, This player is a freshman, played about 19 minutes a game. Uh, He averaged four points, three rebounds, one assist. He played 19 minutes a game. Okay. That's about what Bryce Thompson was doing. Bryce Thompson was playing maybe 17 minutes. Uh, I think the Harris was in the range of 16, 17. That's a very typical freshman season. This guy was a fringe top 100 guy. This guy stuck around in college for all four years. Uh, And after his junior year, he was the Naismith defensive player of the year nationally. And obviously, you know, I'm talking about Marcus Garrett. I mean, that's what you're talking about. You're talking about Marcus Garrett after his freshman season saying, Nope, I want a bigger role. I'm going to go somewhere else. You know, obviously, you know, let's not forget about the fact that he made a huge jump as a sophomore. He averaged, um, you know, what, seven points per game. He played 28 minutes, nearly 10 more than his first year. But that's what you're talking about. Like, you're talking about these guys, and I'm I'm not saying Marcus specifically, because I think he was always around for the long haul in Kansas. But you're talking about guys like that who traditionally would have been three- or four-year guys and maybe still would be. Just saying, well, why not try something else because I can. And again, I don't think that's inherently bad. I am pro player movement, especially because coaches can move. But I don't necessarily think that's the best thing, one, for fans, and two, For every player who does move like that, again, it does take uh, away an opportunity from someone at some point. It won't always be high schoolers because the extra eligibility thing will be, you know, uh, essentially in four years it will be phased out of college basketball just because everyone who got that extra year will be gone. But it it still takes away opportunities. It still makes it harder. It still changes the way coaches look at things. They may hold scholarships, uh, keep them open just you know, what if this transfer becomes available mid-season or whatever. Um, And I I don't necessarily think that's good for anyone other than the school. I think coaches will benefit from it. I think they'll find a way to benefit from it. Uh, But, yeah, I'm not saying player development is dead. I mean, there will be guys who stick around in programs, your Ochia Bajis, Christian Browns, Jalen Wilson. Those guys will still exist. Um, I, I just think you'll have fewer of them and you'll have fewer breakout guys like a Marcus Garrett, like a Frank Mason, like a whatever, um, because they'll just decide to transfer after a year uh, if they don't like how many minutes they're playing.
0: Yeah, they have to have an immediate, visible path forward to a bigger role, right?
2: Yeah, I, 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 and and but here's the thing: wouldn't you agree that Bryce Thompson did? Yes. Uh not.
0: I mean, he still would have had to beat out guys. You know what I mean? Sure. There's not. Sure. There's not. Oh well. These two guys left, so you're the obvious candidate to fill in. Like, the guys who he was competing with for minutes, and namely Christian Brown, right? You want to play the—unless you're going to play point guard, that guy's still there, and you still have to beat him out. Oh, and you just brought in another combo guard in Joe Yesifu. Oh, and you you, you have a couple other guys who may be competing for wing— comp, Like, it wasn't a, a lock that Bryce Thompson was going to go from 17 minutes a game to 25 minutes a game next year.
2: I agree and disagree. Where I would disagree, though, is with Marcus Garrett. Now, if Marcus Garrett decides to come back, obviously, then yes. Uh, Very, very hard to envision Bryce Thompson playing probably even in the range of 17 minutes or whatever per game. But you think about a guy like Marcus leaving with his, you know, I I don't know exactly what he averaged. I would imagine it was. 30 plus minutes, or I guess I still have it pulled up, 33 minutes a game. You know, those minutes go around to everyone. Um, And I would have to think he would take on some of them. And again, you know, I I don't think 24 minutes per game on a stacked team. You know, Kansas had a team in 20, it was either 2009 10 or 2010 11, where the leading guy in minutes per game was like 28 minutes. Uh, They had 10 guys in double digit minutes. That was a great team. It was a stacked team. That team had a bunch of pro players on it. Because as the, the saying goes, and as Bill Self likes to say, you know, when you have success, you know, everyone gets a you know whatever a, a bigger piece of the pie, or you know, everyone has enough, um, you know, everyone benefits basically from, from sustained team success and, and from what you do in March, basically. Um, and again, you know, I, I just look at it from the perspective of if I were a player and I didn't have the best season ever and I knew these opportunities were out there, well, certainly I would put my name in the portal or something. I'd, I'd certainly want to listen. And then if I have a million coaches coming out and calling me and saying, you know, hey, you'll have this role here, you can do this, you know, why not listen? Why not go somewhere, especially if you're promised something um, that you don't think you'll be getting. And, again, I think that's fine. If players who want to make that decision, they should have the right to make that decision uh, because their coaches can kind of weave and move on the same uh, wavelength, uh, I just think it, it, again, creates all these situations where guys who would have taken steps forward, uh, maybe they still will, just in other places, programs that identify guys, especially mid-majors, uh, who find the guy, discover him, give them their first chance. Uh, they become like a farming factory for uh, basically the big leagues, or like a yeah. farm, not farming factory, farm system. That's the <laughs> that's the term for, for the big <laughs> leagues. Yeah, I know. I was just inventing <laughs> things over here, but that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel bad for those programs and maybe I was one of these people. I feel like there were a million people trying to convince you why actually it's not bad for mid majors when uh, the the transfer thing where anyone could leave, um, you know, and, and not have to sit out when that became a thing. And maybe, maybe I was one of those people too. I honestly can't remember, but I think, It's so obvious right now that this rule really hurts mid-majors and hurts uh, these lower-down schools and and really benefits these bigger programs that can basically just go out and say, you know, oh, we didn't land this high schooler? No big deal. We'll just take your best player and your best player um, and add them onto our roster.
0: He's Scott Chasen. You can check out all of his work, all of his coverage on KU's offseason, fog.net, 247sports.com. Always appreciate it, Scott. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. All right, that is Scott Chase and He's Derek Johnson. I'm Nick Schwert, and you're listening to Rock Chuck Sports Talk. Quick shout-out to all of our sponsors, RCST Trivia, 23rd Street Brewery, Sporting Kansas City, Pella Windows, Toppling Goliath, CBD of Lawrence, River Rat, Print and Skate, Jayhawk Trophy, Hawaiian Bros, and the Lawrence Public Library. Our first matchup today brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, open for dine-in, carry-out, and catering. Outdoor patio is a great spot to enjoy the warm weather. Try the Bill Self mac and cheese the Haney Turkey Stack, or any of the great menu items. And don't forget about the 23rd Street Brewery's beer, which you can get to go as well with their Crowlers. All right, first matchup of the day for RCST Trivia. We've got a good one here because there are some storylines at play here, and we've got somebody trying to play spoiler. It is the 6-11 matchup in the West Region. We've got Ben Wilson versus Russell Heitman. Ben and Russell joining us now on the show. Ben, as you may recall, is most commonly known as the husband to Leslie Wilson, <laughs> who we heard from earlier this week. And last year, that was a big storyline. We wanted to see the first ever husband-wife showdown in RCST trivia. But Ben, as you were telling us off the air, I didn't even remember this, you drew a pretty tough matchup in the first round a season ago.
3: Yeah, I uh, played Isaac. We both went four questions straight in a row answering him right. I lost on the fifth question. It was a Rhode Island uh, KU tournament question. Uh, I guess Lamar Odom and it would have been Katino uh, Mobley. So I mixed up my Rhode Island players. Wow.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that's a tough one. You guys got deep into it there in the first round. So admirable effort. And as we saw yesterday, Isaac's a tough competitor, defending champ. So Uh, We'll see how tough your competitor today is. We don't know much about him. Let's find out a little bit about your opponent. He's the 11th seed. Russell joining us now for his RCST Trivia Debut. Russ, what's going on, man? Not
4: much. Excited to be here. Looking forward to hopefully being able to go at least four questions deep, but we shall see. That's a little intimidating hearing how well you did first round against a defending champ.
0: It's all about the draw. It's all about the questions. Sometimes there's a little bit of luck involved. It's It's hard to tell, Russ. How would you sort of describe your KU basketball knowledge?
4: Oh, I've been a fan since my dad could get a recording of me, a one-year-old saying, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk, go KU. So I guess that's about as lifelong (laughs) as you can get. There Um, we go. I don't know, big on rosters and such, but hopefully nothing too deep into the the deep past because that's a little beyond my uh, age purview there we had a
0: 1958 question yesterday that eliminated someone so we'll see we'll see how deep we go into the uh, i heard that and i did actually know it so okay well there you go that all goes out the window yeah yeah maybe you know more than you're giving yourself credit for all right guys before we get going uh let's go over the rules i'm going to be asking you guys a series of questions alternating back and forth until one of you guys answers correctly and the other one answers incorrectly that's the sound you'll hear if you get it right that's the buzzer you hear if you'll get it wrong You do have 30 seconds to answer, which starts as soon as I get done asking the question. When you have five seconds left on the clock, you're gonna hear this ticking sound and you need to start your answer before you hear Eric Collins scream oh. If he screams oh before you start answering, automatically gonna count it as wrong as you've run out of time. The questions will get progressively more difficult as you advance through the rounds. Ben, Russell, do you guys have any questions for me before we get started? Alright, I will Ready take rock. I will take that as a no. Okay, so Russ, you are the 11 seed, which means you have the option of answering first or second. Which would you choose? Uh, let's go first, I think. Okay, so Russell, the first question is for you. Russ, who is the current voice of the Jayhawks on the radio? Brian Haney. That is correct. Brian Haney, the voice of the Hawks. Ben, for your first question, prior to Brian, who was the previous voice of the Jayhawks?
3: That would have been uh, Davis, Bob Davis.
0: That is correct. Bob Davis, the longtime voice of the Jayhawks. All right, let's move on to the next question. Russell, we're going back to you now. This past season was the second straight NCAA tournament that KU was drubbed in the second round. They lost to USC this year. Who was the team that beat them 89-75 in the 2019 tournament round of 32? The Auburn. That is right. The Auburn Tigers. Some Bad luck in the second round the past couple of years. All right, Ben, going back to you. Who did Kansas lose to in Frank Mason's final game as a Jayhawk in the 2017 Elite Eight?
3: That would be Oregon in Kansas City. Heartbreak. Yeah,
0: that was a heartbreaking one.
3: All right, no heartbreak for either one
0: of you guys so far. Two for two. And Russell, we're going back to you for your third question. What KU big man wound up with 16 points and 16 rebounds in the 2003 National Championship game despite not being a full-time starter that season?
4: Um, I'm going to go with Jeff Graves.
0: That's a good call because it was Jeff Graves. Big game for the gravy train in the 03 title game. All right, Ben, back to you for question number three. In that same game, which KU guard went 7 of 9 from the field and tied Nick Collison for a team high 19 points in that 2003 national title loss to Syracuse? We'll
3: go with Keith Langford. That is correct,
0: Keith Langford. You guys are knocking them down. So you know what that means. Kay Freeze. Yeah, Kay Freeze is right, but uh, I'm going to have to go ahead and up things up here a little bit, make things a little bit more difficult. We're getting into the fourth round. So we've got another doozy here starting off day 4 of our CST trivia. <laughs> things are getting tense. All right, Russell, back to you. Kansas forward Alonzo Jamison. Scored a career-high 26 points in the 1991 Elite Eight to pull the Jayhawks back from a 12-point halftime deficit and beat this team from the now-dissolved Southwestern Conference.
4: Yeah, there's the question from before I was alive, so that's a little problematic. <laughs>
2: oh!
0: 1991 Elite Eight.
4: I'm just gonna have to pull something out of my butt here. I'm gonna guess
0: Tulane. Mm. The correct answer, Russell, was Arkansas. Arkansas Razorbacks. Okay, you came back 26 points, nine rebounds from Alonzo Jamison in that one. Okay, Ben, if you can answer this question correctly, you are moving on to the round of 32. In that 1991 NCAA tournament run, Kansas went to the national title game. They beat three top two seeds, including Arkansas. Name one of the other two top two seeds that Kansas beat in that tournament.
3: We beat Duke. We lost to Duke in the final. We lost We lose to UNC in the final four. 91. Okay. lost. We beat Arkansas, beat UNC, and we lost to Duke. I'm almost positive. Okay. I'm going to go with UNC. Final answer?
0: That is correct. North Carolina is correct. One of the other acceptable answers would have been Indiana. Wow, that was a tense matchup to get today started. And Ben Wilson moving on to the round of 32. I love that you took us in the the sort of the gears turning inside your head. Um, what would you say your confidence level was in, uh, in that North Carolina answer, Ben?
3: So I, I think about the Fab Five, how they, it was like Duke and UNC made like three straight Final Fours from like 91 to like 93. I remember that like we played Duke in a championship game and I think Duke went back to back that year they beat the fab five maybe the next year and they beat i think unlv the running rebs in 91 so i remember i just remember like duke and unc work all in those final fours i knew we made two 91 93 so i just couldn't remember exactly which path it was
0: well whatever your process is it worked because you came to the right answer and now you're moving (laughs) on to the next round the uh the dream storyline still alive russell you said it before the tournament started you said you know going back in the history books may may end up tripping you up, and that's exactly what happened. I know it was kind of a a blind guess there, but how are you feeling here in the immediate aftermath?
4: Well, not that it means anything, but I knew the answer to Ben's question, so (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. It, It was a lot of fun. I just saw this pop up on my Twitter feed a couple of weeks before it started, and I'm like, hey, okay, let's give it a shot, so. That's right. I guess I didn't embarrass myself too badly. So no, not embarrassing I'm at all. Come back next year.
0: Absolutely, man. You were a fiery ah. competitor. I'll tell you what, you were an 11 seed this year. I think you're probably moving up the seed line in 2022 after that performance. So great job, Russell. Ben, congratulations. We'll talk to you in the second round.
3: Great job, Russell. Yep, good luck. RCST Trivia
0: brought to you by Toppling Goliath with a brewery and taproom located in Decorah, Iowa. Toppling Goliath features 10 of the top 250 beers in the world according to Beer Advocate. That also includes three of the top 10, three of the top 10 world beers and six of the top 100. If you're not going to be making it up to Decorah anytime soon, don't worry. You can order toppling Goliath apparel and beer at TGBrews.com. RCST Trivia is brought to you by Sporting Kansas City. MLS is back. After finishing at the top of the Western Conference last season, Sporting Kansas City is ready to take the field and paint the wall this year. And if you haven't heard, Sporting Kansas City will be welcoming a limited capacity crowd again this season. To watch Sporting Kansas City live and in person this year, go to seatgeekcom SKC. And because you're a listener of Rock Chalk Sports Talk, use the code SKC RCST at checkout to get an exclusive discount on tickets. Again, use the code SKC RCST at checkout and receive an exclusive discount. For our listeners at checkout. We'll see you at Children's Mercy Park. All right, let's get on to our second matchup of the day here in RCST Trivia. And we've got another fun one in store, staying in the West region. We've got a 4 13 matchup between Brian Rainey and Brandon Correll. Let's meet today's contestants here for this next matchup. First off, the four seed in the West region. He is an RCST Trivia veteran, Brian, joining us once again. Brian, what's happening, man?
5: Hey, what's going on? What's going on? <clears throat>
1: Sorry, you had to be back.
0: I'm well, glad to, to have you back. back. Um, I know you were a part of RCST Trivia a season ago. Is there anything you learned from RCST Trivia last year that you think uh, is going to help you this time around?
5: Maybe take my time, you know, don't rush things. I was actually really upset when I lost. Hey. It stayed with me for weeks.
0: That's what I want. I want, you to, I want you to use that fire in your belly, man. I want you to apply it. To, uh, to your matchup today. Well, we got a newcomer right, we'll across from you, the 13th seed in the West, Brandon, joining us on the show. Brandon, what's up, man?
2: Not a lot. Just trying to compete, I
3: guess. <laughs> trying
0: to compete. That's what it's all about. Um, so clearly you're in this competition. You got a competitive spirit. What about your KU basketball knowledge? Are you uh, a self-proclaimed KU junkie? Uh, I
2: think so.
3: I think I can do a good job. We'll see, though. Okay, I like it. I don't know it. about Brian.
0: Modest. <laughs> you're, playing it, play, you're downplaying yourself, which uh, modesty goes a long ways here in RCST Trivia. Okay, I know you guys know the rules by now, but we're going to be asking you a series of KU trivia questions, and we will keep going back and forth between the two of you until one of you answers correctly and the other answers incorrectly. The questions will get progressively more difficult as you guys make your way through the rounds. You will have a 30-second timer, which starts as soon as I get done asking the question. We'll give you a five-second warning. When you hear this sound, that means you have five seconds to answer. Make sure you get that answer off before you hear oh! that. If you have an answer by the time you hear that scream, you have run out of time. All right, let's get it going, fellas. Brandon, you are the newcomer. You are the underdog as the 13 seed. I'm going to give you the option of answering first or second. We have a second. Okay. So, Brian, the first question is for you. <clears throat> Brian, what's the name of Bill Self's son who played at KU and now works in the San Antonio Spurs organization?
5: His name is Tyler.
0: <clears throat> that is correct. Tyler Self. All right, Brandon, your first question. <clears throat> KU's last Naismith Player of the Year won the award in 2017 and played with Tyler Self. What was his name?
3: Mason.
0: That is correct. All right, question number two for you, Brian. Brian, what team did Kansas beat in the 2018 Elite Eight? Duke. The Duke Blue Devils, that's right. Brandon, your next question. In the second round of the 2012 NCAA Tournament, Kansas was pushed to the limit by this Big Ten team. Heard you? That is correct. Robbie Hummel, who could forget? All right. Question number three, Brian, and we're going back to you for this one. What Atlantic 10 school? Did KU take down in the Sweet 16 of the 2011 NCAA tournament? 2011,
5: 2011, Sweet
0: Sweet 16. That is correct. Richmond is the correct answer. They would go on to Whoa. uh to lose to VCU. That's a tough pill to swallow. Okay. Took his time, got the right answer. Brandon, back to you. Who was the 9 seed from the Big 10 that Kansas beat in the second round of that 2011 NCAA tournament? Maryland. The correct answer, Brandon, the correct answer was Bill Self's former school. Illinois Illinois was the ninth seed in 2011, the Kansas beat. So like that, Brian, you're moving on to the next round. I know you said that it's stuck with you for a year and you finally got to exercise some demons and you're moving on. How's it feel?
5: I'm, I'm happy right now, so we'll see where this goes. I'm I love happy.
0: it. The pure unbridled <laughs> joy. Well, you know, the flip side of that, winning feels so good because losing feels so bad. And I know, Brandon, you're dealing with some of those emotions right now. You, you, you kind of, you took your time and got Purdue, but then you got sort of a similar question in the Illinois one. Sometimes recalling specific games from specific years of tournaments can get a little bit tricky. Um, and you got tripped up yeah. there on the Illinois. How you feel, man?
2: I don't know how he got rich. And- <laughs> that was yeah, an easy. I had to think
5: about that one. I had yeah. to think about it.
2: That, that was going to be my guess. I was hoping you would swing and miss.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we got another good matchup, guys. Brian, Brandon, you guys gave us a good showdown. And, and Brandon, like I said to the, so I've said to a couple other people, I don't say this to everybody, but when we get a newcomer who comes in, you don't really know how to seed him. I think you may be moving up the seed line next year as well. So, great job in your RCST debut. Awesome. Thanks for being a part of it. Brian, enjoy this one, okay? What do they say? What do they say in the game? Right, I will. Hey, go enjoy this one. Enjoy it tonight, but then tomorrow, back to work, okay? Right. And get ready for that second-round matchup. Back
5: to work, yep.
0: RCSD Trivia is brought to you by Pella Windows. Pella, product of Kansas, is your one-stop shop for all your window and door needs. Pella offers everything from turnkey window and door replacements to experts in the field that can work with your contractor and find the perfect solution for that project to make your house feel like a home. Whether you're building a home, taking on a remodeling project, or simply want the best replacement solution, Pella Windows has all your answers. Stop by the newly remodeled showroom on the northwest corner of 6th and Wakarusa or call 785 749 4808. Don't hesitate. Appointments are filling up fast. Moving on to our next matchup of the day here in RCST Trivia. This is the first matchup I think we've had so far this week where we've got two veterans, two competitors with RCST Trivia experience going head-to-head. Let's meet our contestants for this first-round matchup. From the South region, it's the 116 Showdown. And a one-seed means a final four participant from a year ago. That would be the one seed, Eric Hansey taking on the 16 seed. Brian Cammons And first. Let's meet our one seed, our final four competitor, our third place finisher from 2020. Eric joining us once again. Eric, what's happening, man?
6: What's going on, guys?
0: How's the offseason been treating you, Eric? I know it's it's gonna be sort of bittersweet to get to the finish line and, and come up just shy, but. You know, you walked away with some swag. You walked away with some pride. You get a one seed this year. How's it been?
6: So it's been good. Um, you know, lots of second guessing on the question I missed, but uh, was still f- proud of myself to get to the final four, get to hang that banner. Um, always always good to remember that. But, um, you know, now along with that, it brings, uh, brings a lot of pressure as a one seed to, to hopefully not trip up today.
0: the guy trying to trip you up a 16 seed but yet he has experience ryan joining us now on the show ryan do you feel like you were slighted by the selection committee to wind up on the 16 line have to go up against eric who's obviously a titan from a year ago
6: well we understand that uh, when you come from a small conference like we do you know you're, you're not gonna get the respect that you think you deserve but i mean Last year we just made it, we were happy to make it. but here, we're looking to make a little noise.
0: So expectations heightened for for you guys as a 16 seed this year. We haven't had a a 116 matchup, so, (laughs) at least this year, a a 116 upset. So looking to make history. Well, Eric and Ryan, you guys both know the deal since you were in it last year. The only thing that's changed is you now have 30 seconds to answer instead of 10 seconds. We will play you a five second warning uh, that sounds something like this. Make sure you get your answer off before you hear Eric Collins yell. If he yells that before you answer your question, you have run out of time. And you are automatically getting that question wrong. Ryan, you are the 16 seed. I'm going to give you the option of answering first or second. Uh,
6: I'll go second.
0: Okay. So, Eric, our first question is for the one seed. And here it is. Eric, KU had a senior All-American center in the 2019-2020 season who was a first-round pick last year for the Utah Jazz. Who is he?
6: Yudoka Azabuki.
0: That is right. Doke would have been an acceptable answer as well. Ryan, your first question. KU had a sophomore All-American point guard in 2019-2020 who now plays with the Chicago Bulls organization. Who is he?
6: That would be Devon Dotson.
0: That would be Devon Dotson. Moving on. Going back to you now, Eric, for your second question. Near the start of the 2011-2012 season, Kansas lost at the Sprint Center to the same mid-major school they beat in the 2008 Elite Eight. Who was it?
6: Oh, I was at that game. I believe it was Davidson.
0: That's right. It was Davidson beating Steph Curry in the 2008 Elite Eight to go to the Final Four, the first under Bill Self. Now we're going back to you now, Ryan. Who did Kansas lose to in the 2007 Elite Eight behind a flurry of missed layups? Hmm. Who did Kansas lose to in the 2007 2007. Elite Eight?
6: Well, this is what you earn by being a one seed because I got to say I don't know this one. <laughs> uh, I'm going to – I I have a guess. My guess is Georgia Tech.
0: Mm. Mm. That's a good guess. Ah. But the correct answer, UCLA. UCLA is the team that took ah. down Kansas in the Elite Eight the year before they made it to the Final Four. You know, sometimes RCSD trivia is about luck of the draw. Let me ask you this, Ryan. If you would have gotten Eric's question, did you know the answer to that? I did know the answer to that. Oh, man. See, that's what it's all about. Sometimes it's just about how the questions Mm -hmm. fall to you. That's a tough go. It's a tough draw for you to get uh, Eric in the first round. It's a tough question to get in the second round as well. So kind of just take me through uh, the cocktail of emotions that you're feeling right now.
6: Uh, Well, I mean, it's just here's the deal. When you're a 16 seed, if you just... If you're tied after the first half, which we were, I'm pretty ha- I am pretty. was pretty happy. So to hang as long as I did, I'm, I'm content.
0: That's right. You fought hard to the very bitter end, and uh, that won't go unnoticed. I'll tell you that right now. You'll be remembered for that fight. Eric, you're moving on to the second round once again. I know you said uh, pressure comes with being a one seed. How do you feel like you dealt with the pressure today?
6: Yeah, a little slightly less pressure now going forward since I won't be the first one seed to go down. Never want to be tied with Virginia and Tony Bennett, but, um, yeah, felt good. Uh, don't like remembering that Davidson game, but, uh, other than that, great feeling good.
0: Well, congrats to you, Eric. We'll be talking to you in the second round, Ryan. It was good to see it next. Once again, I got to think if you're back next year, I've said this to a lot of people today, but I, I got to think if you're back in 2022, um, hopefully you won't be on the 16 line once again.
6: Mm-hmm. Gotta yeah, do better
0: in the regular season. Uh, that's right, man. Well, Ryan, thank you so much. Eric, congrats. You're moving on, fellas. Great matchup. Thank you again. Could your business use a little push right now? Need help getting the word
1: out there that you're hiring? Do you just want to let people know how great of a product you have? Well, you can advertise with RockJock Sports Talk and/or the best of RCST podcast. For more information, contact D Johnson at GPM.
0: Now.com. That's D. Johnson at GPMnow.com. Last matchup of the day here in RCST Trivia. We've been treated to uh, some good showdowns. So, no pressure on this last matchup here to uh, finish with a bang. And we're staying in the South region. It is the 3-14 matchup in the South between Ryan Goodwin and Zach McKellips. Ryan, a season ago... Made it to the Sweet 16, is that correct? And he joins us now on the show. Ryan, what's happening?
5: Uh, not much. Just uh, feel like I'm a little over at the three seed. Definitely much prefer being an underdog. So uh, hopefully I, I don't get butt-nailed here or uh, anything <laughs> like that. So.
0: Well, you know, you you get, you wind up on the three line because you performed the year before, right? You perform in the regular season. You're going to get rewarded for it in the postseason. So do you feel like your experience from a season ago is, is going to be helpful, or do you kind of have to wipe the slate clean? Uh,
5: I think in this case, wipe the slate clean. Uh, you know, last year was awesome. COVID kind of helped me out because, you know, with my job, we were – we got shut down with our season and as Derek can tell you we're in uh full season mode busiest time of the year and so I've had zero time to study this time around whereas last time I was able to do some studying and uh so I feel really underprepared compared to last year <laughs> so we'll see what happens here
0: Ryan I know you, I, I know you're a fiery competitor are you going to be able to keep the uh the emotions in check today here
5: yeah, I should be okay today, I hope. Uh, I know this time, if the team mistakes, it's my fault. So, uh, yeah, I'll be okay this time.
0: All right, let's meet your uh, your opponent for today's matchup. 14 CDs and newcomers, Zach joining us on the show. Zach, what's happening, dude?
4: No, just happy to be here. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to fall for Ryan's modesty. I know he, he deserves to be every bit of that three seed.
0: Okay, what about you? As a 14-line, do you feel like that's accurate and representative of your trivia knowledge, or do you feel like the selection committee may be messed up there?
4: I feel like we've been uh, disrespected all season, and, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just anxious to show everyone what we can do.
0: Okay, so we've got two different approaches. I've been overseeded versus... I've been under seated. We're going to find out which approach lends itself to a quality performance here today. All right, guys, you know the rules. I'm going to be asking you a series of KU basketball trivia questions going back and forth until we have a winner. The questions will get progressively more difficult as you advance through the rounds. You have a 30-second time limit to answer, which starts as soon as I get done asking that question. We will give you a five-second warning. When you hear this sound, that means you've got five seconds left to answer. Get that answer off. Before you hear Eric Collins yell, oh, if you don't do that, then you're out of time. All right, guys, let's get it going. Last matchup of the day, so don't let us down. Zach, as the underdog, you have the option of answering first or second. Uh, I'll go first. All right. Let's rip the Band-Aid off. Zach, your first question. Who Who is Alan Fieldhouse named after? Uh, Fog Allen. (laughs) That is correct. The dramatic pause made my heart heart skip a beat. All right. Got it out of the way. Now we're going to go to you, Ryan, for your first question. What was the name of the Kansas coach who invented basketball? That would be Dr. James Naismith. Dr. James Naismith is correct. All right. Two for two. Moving on to the second round of questioning. And we're going back to you, Zach. What former five-star guard played his freshman season at Kansas before transferring to Houston, where he led the Cougars to the Final Four this past season?
4: Quentin Grimes.
0: Quentin Grimes is correct. We're going back to you now, Ryan. What former Iowa guard transferred away from the Hawkeyes and joined Kansas for their 2019-2020 and was featured as a three-point marksman? That
5: would be uh, Isaiah Moss.
0: Isaiah Moss is correct. And now we're going to move on to the third question going back to you now, Zach. Zach, what team ended Wayne Simeon's career at Kansas? Bucknell. Bucknell is correct. And Ryan, Ryan's smiling because Ryan Ryan brought Bucknell up earlier today. Gave him the answer. All right, Ryan. Back to you for question number three. Name one team that KU played in the two thousand four NCAA tournament.
5: Georgia Tech.
0: Georgia Tech is correct. The team that Kansas lost to. That's the easiest one to remember, right? When you get bounced in the tournament, you don't remember who they beat. You just remember who they lost to. All right. Three. <laughs> All right. Three for three. This is the kind of matchup I wanted to end the day with. Yeah. Let's change the music. It's too light mood. There we go. Now things are really getting tense here. RCST trivia between Ryan and Zach. And we're going back to Zach now for question number four Zach in the 2001-2002 season Kansas lost four games one of those games came against Oklahoma in the Big 12 tournament the other three came against non-conference opponents name one of them UCLA UCLA Wow, and he just shook his head like UCLA, like, duh. That's correct. UCLA as well as Ball State and their season-ending loss to Maryland. Whew! Almost tripped up on the first question and has knocked the, the last three down with virtually no effort. Now, Ryan, we're going back to you for your fourth. Before their loss to Northern Iowa, Kansas lost just two games. In the 2009-2010 season, name one of the teams that beat them.
5: I'm gonna go with Texas.
0: He had the right, I thought he had it. Tennessee and Oklahoma State were the acceptable answers. And just like that, we've got our first upset of the day as the 14-seed Zach moving on. Now, Zach, you you stumbled on the first question, or maybe you didn't. Maybe you're just one for dramatic flair when I asked you who Alan Fieldhouse was named after. What, what happened there?
4: I, I tell you what, the game started, and I completely froze. I didn't realize <laughs> how nervous I was going to be. And and it hit me like a ton
0: of bricks. <laughs> but once you got that out of the way, did, did did the nerves sort of dissipate a bit? Yeah, I'll be completely honest. I
4: guessed UCLA because I thought that's who knocked us out of the tournament that year. And I, I apparently I was
3: wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was uh um, they lost in the final four, and you hear the groans there from Ryan. You know, anytime you make it to the fourth round yeah. of questioning, you feel like you deserve to win. Ryan, you said that you didn't have as much time to prepare. Do you feel like preparation played a factor or was it just a tough competitor that you went up against?
5: Uh a little bit maybe. I mean it's you know, the the question there, you know, you got two teams that that you gotta figure out and if you don't know the remember the exact regular season schedule, that was tough. Like if if you would have told me name anybody they lost to that year, of course I would have had Northern Iowa because we all remember, unfortunately, mm-hmm. that one. Uh but, yeah, it is, you know, if I would have had more time to prepare, maybe. But, you know, hey, it's baseball season, so move on, right? Right, that's right. So, so
0: tough draw, a part of it. I hope you're going to be back next year. I hope you don't feel too turned off by by this performance that you're not going to be back in 2022.
5: Uh, I mean, of course, I'm coming back every chance I get. So, one, one of these times, hopefully, uh, I'll make it to the Final Four and have some fun with it.
0: Well, Ryan, Zach, that was a great one to end the day on. Appreciate both of you guys for being a part of it.
5: Congrats,
0: Zach. So we got one more day of competition this week in RCST Trivia. Then we've got another full week of first-round matchups next week. So we won't get to the actual round of 32 until week after next. But as we're sort of winding down the first week of trivia here in year two, what do you think has been sort of your your overarching takeaway, anything that's caught your eye, whether it be storylines, whether it be individual competitors, standouts, what's tripped people up, what's kind of caught your eye here through the first four days? Well, I think, for one, um, we've been reaffirmed that the top
1: seeds are top seeds for a reason, yeah. and uh, we're going to have another one going tomorrow, um, which will be our last one seed actually going tomorrow. But the other three who have all gone, Tate, Eric, Isaac, no hesitation, you know? It's mm. just been same old as last year, and those three combined Um, I don't know the exact number now after today's matchups, but it's it's teetering on, like, 70 correct answers to questions versus just three missed questions between those. Tate's only missed question resulted in a championship loss. Eric's only missed question resulted in a Final Four loss. Mm. I mean, these guys are just Titans, and it almost feels like we're just, like, on the march back to repeating the Final Four.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be too sure about that. I wouldn't be too sure because one thing that is reaffirmed itself this week is that the the margin between winning and losing can be just luck of the draw. The question that you got. I would have gotten that guy's question right. He would have gotten my question wrong. That sort of stuff. So I, I think about that a lot too. Like earlier today, when Ryan, who got eliminated as a three seed, he brings up in the sort of pre-competition conversation, Bucknell. If Zach would have... Went second instead of first. Ryan would have gotten the Bucknell question, and Zach very well could have tripped up on the you know name one team that Kansas lost to in 2004. It's as simple as that. So yeah. I think about those sorts of matchups and the margin between winning and losing. And we've had several people say that. I think about it when I think about even the the best players. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, Isaac said yesterday he wouldn't have gotten the one that he uh, that Dylan got wrong about who was the team that knocked KU out of the 1958 NCAA tournament or kept them from getting into the tournament. Isaac wouldn't have gotten that. Now, I don't know if Dylan would have gotten the Bob Boozer one, but at least would have prolonged it. That would have been another loss, and it just makes things tighter. So the margin of error is razor thin, and I think a lot of times it's just luck of the draw.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good way of looking at it. It's just like the NCAA tournament. You know, We could have done this trivia style where it's like we both give you The same question, or we give you best of five or something like that. And maybe that's the better way. It's like what we say about March Madness. It's not the best way of determining
0: the champion, but it's the most exciting way. It is the most 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 exciting way. We we actually toyed with the idea of changing things up in the offseason, of making it like a series like they do in the NBA, where we give you five questions and see how many you can get out of five. But I like the... Yeah, it's like the tournament. I like the theatrics of doing it like this.
1: One, and you go home, and that's what makes it so intense because you miss that first question, and you're like, oh, my gosh, please, the other person miss." And, you know, what we saw with that matchup was Zach and Ryan. That was the equivalent of, uh, what was that, like Northern Iowa, Texas, in, I don't know, maybe 2015, 2016. I think Paul Jesperson was the guy's name for Northern Iowa. He hit a half-court shot to beat Texas. That was the equivalent of that game because, you know, when Zach first answered UCLA... To that question, I was like, oh my gosh, this guy might like have a real chance at winning this whole thing. He remembered a regular season game from 2001, you know, but then he said he guessed he thought it was something else they lost in the tournament. And now I don't know what to believe. So that was like him hitting a half court shot and just finding a way to advance.
0: Yeah. And that's what I love about it, man. That's why we didn't change anything up. Um I feel like some people are still... like I, I like the 30 seconds. I like that we have giving people more time because it's less about how quickly can you name something and more about, like, take your time. Can you recall this? Do you know this answer or not? I don't need it immediately. I just want to know if you know the answer. And I feel like we've now resulted in less people tripping up on questions they know.
1: By the way, do you have an early... Like, like outside of the one seeds, is there an early seed that maybe you feel like was underseeded or maybe you feel like You know, I didn't didn't give them enough credit. I think they could go on a run. I have one. Like specific people? Yeah. Who? That we've already had. The one for me was the one we had to kick off the day, Ben. Yeah. He's a six seed, I want to say. Um, The only reason he got a six seed is because he lost in his first round matchup last year. And I think both of us kind of forgot who he lost to. He was the uh, first scapegoat, so to speak, for Isaac. He wouldn't have to play Isaac until the championship this year. Now, he obviously would have a long way to go even to get there, and you'd be looking at trying to get through Tate, possibly, if Tate keeps it alive, uh, to the grade eight. But I feel a lot better after today about a possible husband-wife matchup yeah, between Leslie and that. Yeah, I hope we get ben. it,
0: man. I mean, I'm not rooting specifically right. for individual people, but the storyline would be great. Mm-hmm. Like, selfishly, I wouldn't hate that. Um, you know, yeah, I-, I would probably agree with you. I thought he w- it was pretty good because it was interesting to hear somebody talk out their answers. Usually it's just dead silence. And silence is usually a bad thing. At least last year, talking to people is the second that the question was answered. If you don't know it immediately when you only have 10 seconds, all you're thinking about is, I'm screwed. I'm not going to get this. If you're thinking about the time, you're not going to get it. Whereas Ben earlier today, he was talking out loud and was saying, okay, well, they beat this team, and then this and this happened, and he's going through it. And you hear the, that's the way, whether you say it out loud or not, that's the way your brain needs to be operating when you don't know the answer. Don't think about, oh crap, how much time do I have? Oh shoot, oh my gosh, I'm blanking, I'm blanking. The second you're thinking that, you're not going to get it. If you can work through uh, the questions like that and just allow yourself to remain patient and remain poised, you're going to have a good chance. So, yeah, you, you might be right. And I didn't realize that Ben lost to Isaac last year. So that changes With things. Or no. That changes things a little bit as well. Um so yeah, I'm excited to see tomorrow. We got two matchups left tomorrow and then or wait, four matchups Four tomorrow. matchups all in the
1: east. Uh we have the classic 5-12 game uh which is going to be Dylan taking on I can't remember the name. Spencer of the Qualls. Spencer. Is he a new is he a new yep. uh Yep, Spencer's addition. new. Dylan was the only guy to get eliminated twice.
0: Oh yeah, because we had somebody drop out and he came yeah. back in. Yeah. So I guess
1: he so. could be the first to be eliminated three times or he t- has double the experience. So you could say he's Yeah. He's doubly prepared as the other people. Um, I'm really excited for that 7-10 matchup.
0: Andrew Feiler versus Eli Loney. Mm-hmm. Sam he Oliver
1: made it to the Elite Eight last year,
0: former yes. RCST intern.
1: Yeah, he is somebody to watch just in terms of staying power. He only lost one trivia question. He went 13-1 and on trivia questions last year. The one he lost ended up doing him in. He
0: lost to, I believe, Tate mm. in the grade eight. You know, one thing that I would... If, if anybody's listening, I would give advice... Yeah, I'll give two things of advice. One in terms of preparation and one in terms of of what to do like when you're actually in the event. The first one in preparation if you have a Kansas Media Guide, I would be thumbing through that every night because 90% of the answers that you need are in there somewhere. Right? And it's it's not like we're not asking you like players' hometowns. We're asking you about games, we're asking you about stat lines wins and losses, how many points did this person School have? Records. Who did they beat in this round of this game? Like I'm not telling you anything you don't know. If you've been listening, you're going to hear that over and over and over again. So, going back and thumbing through those media guides is going to give you such a massive advantage. Now, being able to recall all of these different years, right? Everybody's going to struggle getting questions from the 1950s and 60s. Mm-hmm. How but everybody's going to knock out of the park anything that happened in the last decade. What about the in between? What about the stuff that happened in the 90s? Yep. What about that stuff that happened in the early 2000s? How much of that do you remember? No,
1: that was the difference for Isaac. You know, it was knowing something from the late 50s. Another
0: thing that I would do, if you find yourself getting nervous and you're not actually like re- thinking through the answer or thinking through the question, ask me to repeat it. I'll repeat it for anybody. Can you repeat that question again? Because sometimes I feel like people, some of these questions have to be wordy for us to get very specific for what we're asking and to give you context clues that sometimes maybe you lose sight of exactly what I was asking. That would be my other piece of advice. Mm -hmm. If you get done with it and you don't know it, while you think through it, have me ask it again because the second time you hear it may be that one little key piece of context or information that makes the light bulb go off in your head.
1: I just want to get out in front of this now. By the way, if you ask Nick to repeat the question, the timer does not restart.
0: (laughs) No, no, no. No, right, correct. The timer starts the second I get done asking it the first time. But if you're just going to sit there silently, it probably would help. I don't want to talk over you if you're thinking and distract you, but if it's something that you want, I'll, I'll do it. So don't be afraid to ask, right? Get creative. Come on, you got 30 seconds. You got time. I'm excited to see... What everybody has in store tomorrow, we got another full week full of first-round matchups. Then we move on to the big boy stuff, right? Then we get on to the second round where we separate the real pros from the amateurs. He's Derek Johnson. I'm Nick Schwert. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk.